Well, hello again, everyone. It's me, it's your old buddy, Steve Simonson, and guess what? I'm live yet again. Uh, we're doing another podcast episode, and we're doing it live. I've got it streaming out to YouTube and, and the Facebooks uh, and so on. So today we're just going to talk about a couple of news items, a couple of things that are uh, on my mind. And if you've got the video version that you got my little buddy back here, um, the Mexican wrestling chihuahua, what a beautiful mask that is. Uh, partly just because doesn't the world seem like just a crazy world we're living in? It's, uh, it's a little crazy to me, a little nutty. But as it were, we carry on. So um, if you're watching, hello, welcome. And uh, you can say where you are and where you're from. I'm going to just look up a couple things so I can get some, some housekeeping done. But hello, one and all. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Amazon Prime Day. We're going to talk a little bit about Q4 preparation. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about uh, my trip to Mexico and those who are interested in joining. Uh, it'll be kind of like a free mastermind in Mexico. There is a asterisk or a little catch, although I'm not charged anything. I recommend and actually require that uh, folks who want to attend uh, make a little donation to the nonprofit Empowery e-commerce cooperative, nonprofit member-owned co-op. And it's just a little uh, fundraiser, a way of uh, stoking the fires over there so they can cope with uh, COVID and, and carry on that important mission. And uh, it's going to be fun to hang out down in Puerta Vallarta. See, I put on my little uh, accent there. I know it's probably not right, but I like to say it. It's like saying salsa. Now, I'm trying this on my old computer again, and so I hope it's not too choppy. If it is choppy, then in... I, I can tell you that we'll do our best to, uh, uh, well, I can just use other equipment in the future. But this is my old machine, and God bless it, it is just amazing. It's been going for seven years, uh, this MacBook Pro, and uh, I'm thrilled to see it continue. Let me just take a look here. I'm just looking up something. And by the way, if you're out there, go ahead and uh, leave a comment so I know who you are. Uh, ben, uh, oh, over there in the UK. It's getting late over there, Ben. Welcome aboard. Uh, south coast of the UK, no less. Um, cheerio, mate. Welcome. Uh, I think that's how uh, how a guy would say it in merry old England. I would just want to see what podcast episode this is. So if you're watching and I'm looking away, it's not you. It's me. And I just want to make sure I check the numbers because they're, they're racking up. So I actually think this might be episode number 200. Uh, based on uh, the data in front of me, this is awesomers.com episode number two, bloody 100. Well, if I knew it was uh, kind of a round number, I might have done a little bit more. So 200 episodes over the last couple of years, um, I've put out there just to, just to kind of say hello and, and uh, be a, a force of fellowship in the entrepreneurial community. So I love entrepreneurs. Anybody who knows me knows that that's uh, true. There's my buddy Paul Harvey. He's down in South Africa. So we've got uh, the UK. We've got South Africa. Let's see if we got anybody. Uh, Asia is probably just in the very middle of the night for them. So they're probably not likely to jump on board. Uh, but there's got to be somebody in America, possibly uh, South America as well, who's out there lurking. So if you're out there, please say hello. Oh, here we go. We got... Uh, I'm going to pronounce this as best I can. I'm going to say Sai from Tel Aviv. Uh, we met six months ago. Yeah. Uh, I was in Tel Aviv in, um, I'm going to say February or March. My memory is fading now. It seems like a lifetime ago. But this this year I had a, uh, a huge amount of um, travel, right? I went to New York and I had just come back from China. And then I set off on my trip in Rome and then went to Tel Aviv and, and on down into Jordan, Egypt. Uh, I can't even remember. It ended up in Dubai at the end of the, the day. And it was great. And it was wonderful. And I came back on March 8th, and I haven't been on an airplane since March bloody 8th. Uh, uh, let's see. Paul says a big uh, 200. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Paul. He's noting the 200. This is podcast episode number 200 for awesomers.com and eventually I'll put up awesomers.com slash 200 for any show notes or details that are, are relevant. Sean, by the way, checking in from Frisco, Texas. Frisco, Texas, now that's a fun name. It's not San Francisco or even San Frisco. It's just Frisco and it's in Texas. This is the, this is the most important thing uh, 
in in Frisco is or in Texas is that it's kind of, it's more free <laughs> in the in the U.S. Uh, many of the states are are different, and uh, I'm I'm not opposed to um, certain precautions for COVID, but I am per, opposed to uh, permanent lockdowns. That's not a thing that I'm a fan of. So we're not going to get political, but uh, that's definitely something that I'm not a huge fan of. And there's there's Ben saying hello over there from the South Coast. So if you guys are on, jump in here. Go ahead and uh, uh, ask any questions you may have about Prime Day, Q4, uh, whatever happens to be on your mind. And I want to talk a little bit about why I'm going to Mexico. Then we'll talk a little bit about maybe Prime Day. There's not much time to prepare for Prime Day, right? It's uh, the Prime Days. I don't even know why we call it Day anymore since they extended it. But it's happening next week, as everybody knows. Uh, and I'm interested in everybody's predictions, what they think it's going to be like and why. Will they be up? Will they be down? Does it matter since it was kind of a last-minute thing? What do you guys think about Prime Day? I'm very um, torn about the fact that they're even having it, right? In, in one way, the press and all that is, is good because it drives people to Amazon. By the way, it ultimately benefits Amazon far more than the rest of us. As you guys know, the cost for Prime Day promotions and all the holiday promotions and so forth, uh, the costs just keep going up for us. So uh, at the end of the day, Amazon will be okay. I know there's a lot of worry out there uh, about Amazon's bottom line, but they're going to be fine. So uh, don't worry about that. So if you do have those uh, Prime Day predictions, I welcome them. And you can just pop them in the comments. Be very interesting to see what you guys have to say. So, uh, just a quick note is um, I basically announced yesterday that I'm going down to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So, yes, they're flying airplanes so, uh, from the United States to Mexico. Yes, Mexico lets people in. And yes, you do need to have a COVID test within a, uh, I think it's 48 hours before you enter Mexico. And uh, these are good precautions, right? I mean, listen, I would have a, a big house party if I could get like a, a test and everybody gets tested and we know in five minutes or ten minutes the results. We let the the people in who are healthy and we we bounce the people who need to go rest up. Uh, but that's you know that's we need to carry on in some way. And I'm I'm absolutely going nuts. As I said earlier in the broadcast, I haven't been on a bloody airplane since March eighth, which is I, I don't even know how long it's been since it's it's been that long for me not being on an airplane if <laughs> if you can relate feel free to comment because uh a misery loves company so uh come on in the water's fine it's weird to me because at first it was kind of like hey this is great instead of me traipsing all over the world even though i love to do it i can just focus and, and do some things at home kind of without any guilt without feeling like I'm uh, missing out on obligations uh, to people that I've made to, to go to London or uh, Vegas or uh, Germany or wherever it was. So I, I get to be guilt-free and just kind of focus on things at home. And and then it, I realized, wait a minute, this is just kind of going and going and going. And I, I've used this analogy before. If you've ever been on an airplane and the airplane, you know, the pilot comes on, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got a little bit of a delay. It's going to be, you know, 15, 15 to 20 minutes. And then like 40 minutes later, they get on. Oh, uh, you know, uh, we realize it's a little longer, but it should be another 15, 20 minutes. And they just keep doing that until you've been on the ground six hours. And that's, you know, translate that from minutes to months, and you got about the same math here. Everybody starts out, hey, it's going to be 14 days, then another 14, and, you know, maybe one more month because, you know, how bad could that be? And, you know, here we're, we're deep into it now. And there's plenty of reason, right? This this uh, uh, virus is still raging across the, the continent, across the globe. And there's varying disputes about the uh, lethality of the, the, the disease. But the data as it comes in appears that it's, it's less and less troublesome than we originally thought. In fact, when, when it first came out, I started talking about it in January, called the Wuhan coronavirus at the time, by the way. The they projected a five to ten percent mortality rate, and now the numbers, even from the CDC, and they're tranched heavily by by age, but in aggregate, it's still less than a half of one percent. 
and and by age it's you know if you're below 50 it's almost zero percent it's it's very very small you know maybe two out of ten thousand one out of ten thousand and then if you get you know 70 or over then it's it's quite serious and and you know it's a five to percent plus uh, potential and if you're over 80 it's it's worse but so is a lot of different things ailments at that age and it doesn't mean I relish that. It certainly doesn't mean that we should not protect those most vulnerable communities. But there, I know a bunch of, you know, young people, my kids and, and others like them, that really have no um, real inherent risk from this thing. So I'm taking my kids. I'm going to Mexico, and we're going to have fun. Uh, and it's going to be an amazing time, right? We're just going to uh, do some beach uh, masterminding, just hanging out. We'll talk business. I've committed a certain amount of time that, and again, I am doing this for free. I'm not charging anything. You have to pay your own flight, hotel. It's an all-inclusive, extraordinary resort. And the only catch is to get the the secret location, you just have to, to make a little donation, uh, as big as you can, but some kind of donation to the Empowering Nonprofit E-Commerce Cooperative. And then you can join uh, a free mastermind. And by the way, Often these types of masterminds, uh, the, the minimum fee is around $6,200 plus all your travel. So this is, this is not uh, – now, those are a little more formalized where we do presentations and, and so forth with uh, projectors and all the rooms, and this is going to be informal. We're, we're going to hang out. Uh, we've done this in Rotan. We've done this in, in China. We've done this in Europe. These are fun things to do. So if you want to hang out, feel free. Come on down and join us. Uh, I do have a question coming in. Let's see. Jay asks, hey, Steve, do you offer any kind of consulting? I'm doing this. like to scale up. Uh, first of all, congratulations to you, Jay. That is, that is a, an extraordinary accomplishment. And I hope that you just take a minute. He says he's doing about $5 million a year, uh, B2C, B2B, all online, and he wants to double that. He wants to scale up to 10 plus. And I, I, I just tell you, take a victory lap for a minute. Enjoy it, savor the flavor, uh, and that's a, a wonderful accomplishment. I don't do consulting or personal one-on-one -on -one stuff. I just don't have the time. And uh, <laughs> honestly, you guys, uh, um, you wouldn't want to pay my rates. When I do that consulting for Fortune 500 type companies, uh, I've charged as much as fifty thousand dollars a day. And even for the folks who uh, contract, their minimum contract is one hundred twenty grand a year. Uh, so the my point is I I value my time and I'm not interested in I don't think that that gives me what I want uh, at this stage of my life I'm 50 years old I want to help as many people as I can what we call the network effect right if I help one of you guys and you can help somebody else or your business employs a bunch of people that's a good network effect but I want to help several of you guys at once or you know that this is why I make myself available where I'm, you know, going to be beachside in Mexico. Anybody, again, who wants to join, I'm not charging a dime. Catalyst 88 is not going to charge a dime. If you want to get the details, just go to catalyst88.com slash Mexico, and it'll you'll see very clearly. There's no charge. We're going to do masterminding on the beach. Uh, there will be times where we, you know, ha happen to eat together or hang out at the beach together or at the uh, the bar together, whatever it is. Uh, and we're going to follow all the protocols for safety, and you got to be tested to get into Mexico. So we're all got a clean bill of health going in, and it's it's just a great way to have some fun and, and blow off some steam and, and break that paradigm of normal. Breaking the paradigm of normal. This is a big deal to me because the more I'm kind of hunkered down, the more I miss uh, being out in the world and and hanging out. So uh, if you wish to join, you're welcome. If uh, you're unable to join, that's fine, or unwilling to join, that's okay. Everybody makes their own judgments about health and uh, welfare and safety and so forth. So do your thing. But I'll be down there. I'll be with my kids. I think a couple of my brothers uh, are going to show up as well, uh, and all of whom have extraordinary experience. And no doubt that we'll be able to have wonderful business conversations. As a matter of fact, I think one of my sister-in-laws may be down there, and she's also quite brilliant running our own business, managing businesses for others, uh, tons of experience. Uh, so the, we already have kind of a, a dream team of, you know, veterans down there, 20 years plus experience uh, minimum, 
and and we're going to be hanging out, talking business. And again, very informal. If you have a, a question, we'll give you our experience and our answer. Whether it's right or wrong, that's that's up to the the gods to decide, I suppose. But whatever we say, you can you can take it to the bank that we truly believe it. So. Uh, first of all, a big thanks for everybody joining. Tell me who you are, because I see lots of people coming in here and some people going out. But uh, let me know. Uh, it looks like Jay's on YouTube, so thanks for uh, paying attention to YouTube. If you guys haven't subscribed on YouTube, why not do that now? And if you're on the Facebooks, isn't that what they call it, the Facebook? Um, you go ahead and put in a comment uh, anywhere you are. Let me know who you are, where you're coming from, and then if you have any questions. Uh, let's talk about, so we, we talked just briefly about Prime Day. The jig is up. You either have stock there or not. You either have deals promoted or not at this stage. And next week, we'll see what's going to happen. And I have yet to see any of your predictions. So I would love to see your predictions if you have any. Oh, here's my buddy Hui. Hey, uh, now Hui and I have been all over the world together. We've been in the States. We've been in Vietnam, we've been in China, we've been all over the world. And I don't know where you are today, Hui, if you're in Vietnam or Canada or where you are, but I certainly say a big hearty hello to you, my friend. It's great to see you. And there, Hui's an awesomer if there ever was one. Um, and somebody, again, I've, I've been around the world with. And there's Kimberly. Hello to you, Kimberly. Uh, at this time, roughly last year, or maybe just after this, I, I think maybe a week or two later, we went uh, to China and had a great time in China and learned uh, various things about how you source in China, how you interact with suppliers in China, and so on. Uh, hey, how do you guys like my background? I got my little, oh, he's over there. I got my little uh, <laughs> chihuahua in the, the Mexican wrestler uh, mask, which I think is amazing. And I put it up there because, frankly, this is, my, this is what I think the world is like today. <laughs> It's a feisty little, you know, crazy dressed uh, series of people yelling at each other. And, uh, and I'm not a fan uh, for the most part. <laughs> so I just tune out of most of that nonsense. Um, for Prime Day, very important that you make sure on Prime Day that you're monitoring your listings. listings. There is a ton of chicanery that happens. So especially if you're a top-ranked item, this is a day competitors attack. Right, maybe the day before, maybe the day after, they absolutely attack if they think that they can take you out for the the Prime Day cycle. I've had my friends. This happened to them. It's happened to me as well. Where just before big events, they make some sort of safety claim, takes your product down. They make uh, you know other series of different claims in different ways. They do it in the comments. They do it in reviews. They do it with actual purchases that somebody has. Uh, made some sort of fraudulent claim. And I don't know how to prevent it. I'll be candid with you. I just simply don't know how to prevent it. But when they do that, if your product is taken down and you don't notice it, that's a mistake for you to prevent, right? So at least be vigilant and monitor your listings all day, all day, to make sure that you are in um, you know, proper condition. Because if, if you get one of these suspensions on Prime Day or the day before Prime Day, and you don't fight real quick to get it back and say, hey, this is nonsense, then you could be out of commission the entire time. And especially if you've invested money to stock up for Prime Day, that leaves you in a not-so-awesome position. So let's see. Kimberly uh, says, yes, we were in China, and it was great. She is right. I agree with her because she agrees with me, and you know how much I like to agree with myself. And, uh, oh, there's Daniel. He says, uh, I'm in Mexico. I'm here if you need some help. And that's uh, very generous of you. I appreciate that. We're going to be down in Puerta Vallarta, Mexico. I, uh, I used to go to Mexico every you know, couple times a year, sometimes more, and typically on the West Coast, but also uh, in Cancun on the East. And I just love it. The, the people there, the, the beaches and the scenery – I actually prefer Cancun beaches um, to like Puerto Vallarta beaches. The, the sand and everything is so much better in the Caribbean. This is a, an opinion, everybody. Um, but uh, it just wasn't worth uh, wasn't worth uh, the time. And it looks like Kimberly's got another uh, kind of competitor attack. She says she had somebody last year 
put 99 units in their cart and didn't check out. So she suggests put limits in place. Now, Kimberly, I don't know nothing about nothing, as you know, axiom zero. But I thought after the 99 would only hold for um, like 15 minutes or something in the cart. If they place the actual order, but then there's a problem with the credit card or a problem with shipping, then they can lock up your inventory. And that's another bit of chicanery I've seen, uh, but not not for uh, not for sure exactly how to prevent that. Um, but she says put limits in place. So I assume that means how many can a customer add to a cart at once. And if you just put in a limit of two or three or whatever is regular, even if it's one, that would prevent the 99-unit uh, chicanery. Uh, Hui says, oh, yeah. He says um, he's in Canada right now, stuck, unfortunately. I'm hoping to make it down to Mexico. Yeah, you're certainly welcome, Hui. Of course, we've been around the world together. And Hui and I were lucky enough to meet up. I think last it was in Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. And we had a wonderful dinner. He knows all the cool places. And, uh, uh, yeah, we just had a great time. And another one of our uh, buddies, uh, Ricardo, joined us as well. And both of them bringing their lovely companions. And, uh, and we just had a heck of a good time. So these types of things, these are informal kind of hangouts, right? I've done them literally all over the world. I guess I haven't done one in South America yet. But I've done... You know, one when we popped in uh, to Egypt and just had a little informal session there, had just a few people. And then I've done them in Europe, in Rome, in London. Uh, I think we did one in Paris one time. Uh, we, we did one in Dubai when I was last there. And, of course, all across America. So the point is entrepreneurs, we kind of need each other, right? We feed off each other. We help each other. And I'm, I'm getting emails even uh, today and, and uh, messages and so forth where people are saying, hey, I need this, or I need help, or I need whatever. And I, I would tell you, first of all, I'm not the guy who can help each person out individually. That, I just don't have the time for that. But find groups to help each other, right? Empower is one of those groups. Um, you know, Get in there, give everything you got to give, and then ask a question, right? It's okay to ask a question, but people are far more interested in helping you if you're helping them. This is the, you know, the, the, what are they, there's a law of giving or something like it, the more you give, the more you get. And it's, you know, counterintuitive and perhaps even ironic, but I want you out there listening and the awesomers who've been listening to me low these 200 episodes. This is episode 200 for those who weren't tuned in earlier. Please understand that the more you give, not only do you feel great, not only do you help somebody in a tangible, physical way, you may help somebody achieve something that would have either taken them a lot longer to figure out or perhaps they wouldn't have achieved at all. And if you help them, gosh, just think about how great you'll feel and then also think about how great they will want to help somebody else or, or you know, the law of reciprocity to help you out as well. And I, I can tell you, I have people that I've been lucky enough that, you know, they ask me a question, I go, ah, here's what I think, or here's what I did when I faced that situation. And they came back and they're like, man, that really helped me. Or in some cases they're very humbling to me and they say, yeah, you changed my life. Like that makes me, uh, I get nervous and awkward because it's like, well, I don't want to be responsible for your life. I'm just trying to do what I can. I'm trying to help where I can. And I, I try to make myself available and in fairness, I have not been available since March uh, because I just haven't been able to travel. So I booked my flights. We have a super secret all-inclusive resort. It is amazing. I've, I've stayed at this resort before. It is something where I feel so confident about it. I'm bringing my kids, uh, at least a couple of my brothers, maybe brother-in-law is coming down, a sister-in-law as well. And, and then any of you entrepreneurs who uh, you know want to, Again, you're not obligated to. If, you, if you're already an Empowery shareholder, you don't have to make a donation. But otherwise, I just encourage you guys to make a donation that fits for you. There's no set amount. It's kind of like a bake sale. Give what you can. Help the Empower e-commerce community continue to thrive and go. And, um, you know, this COVID time is not great for many businesses, and it's great for other businesses. So if it's great for your business, give until it hurts. And if it's not so great for your business, throw a Scooby snack that shows you care about the community 
and come on down because again I'm not charging anything I will be more than available even though I've committed 16 hours over that time specifically you know I love to talk business and I love entrepreneurs and I mean that in a the most visceral literal sense love entrepreneurs and so if I can do something that you think is helpful or instructive then I am at your service that's that's part of who I am uh, Kimberly reinforces the point she agrees and she says help and give with no strings attached and I can tell everybody around the world who's listening that in fact Kimberly does that she is one of the people that I love the most because she said she starts with gratitude like she's always thankful right hey this thing went really wrong but I'm thankful for the chance to be able to learn from it and do this or this went really right man I'm so lucky I'm so thankful right I love that spirit of gratitude so that's something that is always uh, an awesomer moment from Kimberly and she is a giver in every possible way if she can help you she would uh, that's for sure uh, Hui comes back in and he says, yes, Ho Chi Minh was a great time. I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. What you're doing is amazing, Steve. So much give and help. Love it. Yeah, so I appreciate that call out. And, uh, you know, again, I put my my time and my money where my mouth is, right? I've supported the Empowery Co-op for uh, a couple years and, and underwritten it. And now it's time for it to uh, fly on its own. And, and I've put money into other things that I think are important for entrepreneurs to actually solve problems in a systemic, scalable way. And many of these things you may already know about, whether it's parsimony.com or sellerchatbot.com or productsavance.com, up and down the line, there's, there's so many of these. Uh, and again, I do this, you know, and I would like to see some ROI, of course, but I also do it because problems need solutions. And in my humble opinion, every problem has a solution, right? Uh, in my companies, when we talk about, you know, building teams, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, why don't you guys just comment how many people are on your team right now? Um, so if you're watching live and you've got the little comment uh, button there, just click on comment and just tell me how many people are on your team. And what's the, you, you know, after that, tell me what the number one problem that you have with it is, uh, with having a team. And I'll, I'll share, with, share with you what my number one problem is having a team. So it's, it's tough to have a team. It's tough how you build a team. It's tough how you maintain a team. But there really are some ways of developing systemic and sustainable ways, I should say, to cultivate your team and to help your team and to help them turn into wonderful um, assets and wonderful contributors now there's also you can do it wrong and they just detract from your time and are nothing but a pain in the keister right so this dichotomy of hiring people right it's like I triple my workload because I got to keep three people busy or I now cut my workload by 80% because these three people know what they're doing they know their job that right it's how you do that stuff it's not the hiring of the person that is the solution to the problem that's just the beginning of the problem. It's the hiring of the person, training them, empowering them, letting them know the outcome that you expect, letting them know the expectations that you have, giving them the tools and resources to achieve those expectations and, and uh, overcome whatever obstacles are in front. And that is how you start to get leverage from your team instead of it being a burden, right? You can raise your hand, and if you don't want to admit this publicly, that's okay, but you know, raise your hand or send a little like if if you think managing people is hard or if it's difficult, right? Uh, Michael, by the way, I think he's down in uh, I'm gonna say Arizona. Good to see you, Michael. And he's he's got a few people, right? He's wrangling a few people, and that is not easy, right? And by the way, I am I've admitted this many times on the podcast, but this is episode number two hundred, so true confession time. I'm a terrible manager. Uh, I'm not as bad as some of you guys, I'll be honest, because I know that I'm terrible, right? The first first uh, solution towards recovery is admitting you have a problem. And because I know I'm a terrible manager, I have to really work at putting good people in place, setting very clear expectations on how they can help themselves and how 
you know, them positioning themselves uh, to fulfill their job responsibilities will lead them to their own job satisfaction and me being able to salute and praise them. And by the way, everybody, if you're listening to the podcast, Michael has confirmed he indeed is from Arizona. So I've guessed where Paul was from, which was, uh, or I kind of know because I talk to Paul all the time. He's in South Africa. I guess where Michael's from in New York. Uh, I guessed that we was in Canada. And did I get anybody else right? I think Kimberly's in L.A. Uh, I didn't know that Daniel's in Mexico, by the way. That's a, that's a new one. So uh, thanks for that heads up. And it, whoever's out there, definitely please let me know where you're from. And, Jay, I don't know where you're from. If you're still online, you're welcome to say where you're from. Love to hear, you know, kind of where everybody's at. And, you know, Tel Aviv, uh, South Africa, UK, Texas, Mexico, LA. I'm in Seattle area. We're all over the place. And that part, uh, you know, I just love. What a, what a small world we live in and what a great time it is to be alive in spite of the COVID uh, world being upside down. And Kimberly says, I want to be able to create, source, bring it to the port of LA and pass it to a team. I'm not good with building a team. Hey, join the club, Kimberly. <laughs> uh, join the club. So one of the mistakes people make with building a team is they try to move the bottleneck from themselves as the entrepreneur, right? I got a million things to do to one person that they're paying two bucks an hour or four bucks an hour, whatever the, you know, Bangladesh, 80 cents an hour, whatever. They found somebody who says, yes, I know Amazon. I know whatever, Shopify. And I know all of these things. I know copywriting. I know this. I know editing and photos and this. And they just say they can do it all. And so we think for two bucks an hour, four bucks an hour, whatever, we're going to literally replace ourselves. And boy, at the risk of uh, surprising you guys, it ain't going to happen. It just isn't going to happen. So the, the, to me, the, the better way to start out is to take each of the job deliverables that you want done. So instead of thinking of it, I'm going to hire a VA, that's too generic. A VA is just a, it's like a, a wet blanket. It's like, bleh, you know, that term doesn't mean anything. Virtual assistant. Okay, cool. I get the acronym. What does it mean? What's their actual job? Are they doing customer service? Because that's a job. Are they doing graphics? That's a job. Now, if you're a small company, you don't have full-time work of all those. And so you can either split it out between other people or they can wear multiple hats. But that you should know each function. And so in Kimberly's case, she says, hey, I want to be able to create the idea, source it, and land it at the port, and then I need to pass that off to somebody. Her next job is to go, all right, well, what happens after you pass it off? Well, there's probably a launch sequence, right? you got to introduce a product. Within the launch sequence, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. There are... You know, there's photos, there's merchandising, there's making a, a listing, and there's, you know, what are the keywords you need to rank on, right? There's all that kind of stuff. By the way, the, the keywords and stuff should be done at the ideation stage because you shouldn't bring out a product before you know what people are searching on, if you can compete on those terms, and those other types of things. So, but at the point you've got that product, then it's like, all right, product launch, you know, uh, how am I going to fulfill it? Who's managing the FBA shipments? There's all of those different functions. And you don't have to have a thousand step, you know, detail. But it is helpful if you can say to yourself, well, in fact, you know, here's step one. And, and I'm not even talking about the baby steps. I'm saying step one is launch. Step two is, you know, get into the FBA. Step three is, uh, you know, uh, do some giveaways. It, just kind of do the, the high steps the high level steps and then you start breaking it out in the sub steps and by the way you can hire somebody there's lots of resources uh, anybody can go to empowery they have uh, resources save you a little bit of money and and generate a little uh, um, help to the empowery cause and they can refer some folks to you there's different models right there's just the gig model they got that there is the will be your whole HR function will recruit somebody will Onboard them will do performance um, monitoring and coaching and so forth, and they make you better at the same time as they help the, the other person. That's a really great resource called Multiply Me. 
Um, and by the way, we've I just used Multiply Me to bring in a senior accountant, and so far she's phenomenal. She's a CPA level person. She works out of home in the Philippines. She literally has a, a you know her she's a certified public accountant in the Philippines. So it's different laws financially in terms of taxation and so forth in the U.S. But the general gap accounting principles are global. So she can come in and she can start tackling some of our ERP systems without too much trouble, right? And so we've got her, <coughs> excuse me, working on some, some things right now, and she's just coming up to speed very fast. But instead of me going around, um, you know, trying to find the, the right person, in fact, I, I did try that for a while, and it wasn't working great, and I was doing too many interviews. They just showed up with a few rock stars. We inter interviewed them. We decided on somebody, made an offer, and then they bring the structure of HR without it costing you very much money, right? The, the, the person and the cost is kind of baked into the cake already, and it's, it's just very modest. And so I, I suppose my number one bit of advice is if you're trying to build a team, know the, the outcome of each function. So if it's customer service, what's the outcome that you expect? You know, probably happy customers as measured by would you recommend us? Uh, you know, good reviews, uh, good customer feedback uh, on Amazon, those types of things. Some ways to objectively measure. If it's creating graphics, that's probably more gig work unless you have a big company and you need somebody full time. If it's merchandising and writing copy and so forth, listings, if you don't have a ton of things you're launching, you probably can outsource that on a gig basis as well. So you really have to start thinking about what do you need. Maybe you just need a project manager who can help run all these things for you, right? Because from the, from the step that you have the idea all the way through to the sales and fulfillment and, and so forth, all of those are just projects that need to be managed. And I tell you, man, if you saw our project management stuff, we are serious about projects. You know, everything is a project if it's going to be something ongoing, especially if it's going to be touched by more than one person. And, you know, we have, you know, our global team can all get in the same project. We can all upload attachments. It's a log file so we can see anytime anybody's looked at it or changed anything. Uh, we can assign things. The system will notify us. And, and there's plenty of things out there like that. The, the difference with ours is because it's tied into ERP, if we need to make a purchase or we need to make a purchase order or... Uh, we need to book some uh, team's time against the project. We can track all of those costs and do some job costing later to see if the thing was worth our time. So your method of working is less important than just figuring out what you need with each position. Just write down those functional things. Let me see if I can find an org chart to share with you guys. I know some of you guys may have seen this before. I'm going to open this, and I'm going to try to share my screen. So bear with me just a moment while my computer checks out so i'm going to share my screen now i know if you are on the uh audio podcast you may not be able to see this in fact i'm going to venture a guess and say you cannot see it uh but i'm going to just talk you through what it is as best i can so uh i don't want to hit play because that's going to change change the whole thing let's see view slide only and so this is these are the functions of a business. We start at the left with business development. This is where you come up with brands, you make partnerships, you develop sales channels, especially B2B channels. Uh, uh, you can consider, do I wanna buy a company? This is acquisitions. Um, or are you just doing standard product development? You don't have to do all these functions, by the way. These are just typical functions in business development. So it starts at the top with business development and underneath you decide, you know, here's how I'm gonna develop my brands, and by the way, for most of you guys, until you have a brand doing at least a million dollars a year, I wouldn't make a new brand. Just focus on one. Million dollars a year minimum and growing quickly, uh, I would just focus on one brand. And if you think it's a winner, stick with it until you achieve some level of scale. Partnerships, sales channel development, most of that you guys don't need. Social influencer development, that's good long term, but not a, a upfront need. Next step in the process after business development is something we call merchandising. It doesn't look like you guys can see my cursor, but merchandising is where you start to 
establish what do you, what's your brand promise? What do these things mean? How are products uh, built? You know, what are the specs? What are they? Um, keywords. What what are the pre-launch assets that you need? Photos and other things. Um, you also have to in merchandising measure your existing products you've already developed and see how they're performing. Look at any drops that you need to consider. Hey, this was selling great last year. It sucks now. Let's kill it. Don't get married to items, right? These things are, uh, you know, <laughs> shoot to kill if they suck. Uh, and then, of course, your content management for items as well. You move into marketing. I'm not going to go through all of these. That's more of a, a whole new thing. Uh, but, you know, you move in from marketing and then you move into sales. And, again, not all of this applies to an Amazon-specific business, but all of these apply on one level or another to all businesses. The sales function in, in your case on a, as an Amazon seller is Amazon as a platform, right? So you don't have to manage the individual leads and try to make closing calls. Amazon's doing that for you. But you may need to consider what promotions you're going to do on Amazon. You may need to consider what coupons I'm going to do to drive sales. All of those things are factors. And then, of course, you move into operations. You move into business intelligence. This is where you're doing reporting. You're doing analysis of your pay-per-click. Um, you're doing margin analysis, you know, is it working? If you have employees, especially like warehouses, do time and motion studies. Um, uh, there's a ton of stuff. Oh, let's see if I can make this bigger. The screenshot is blurry. Uh, let's see if I can get rid of this. So I don't know if that makes it better for those of you guys who want to get a screenshot. Uh, I suppose this is somewhere at Empowery, but I don't know exactly where. So uh, my advice is go to empowery.com slash contact and ask them for a copy of this. We're happy to share copies. There's no problem with that. And then finally, after you move you know, past analysis, you move into IT and make sure you have the tools and resources. This is everything from how's your email working? Uh, you know, Do you have computers? Do, does your team need to have special logins? How are you managing passwords, servers, et cetera? And then finance, you got to count the beans, right? So as, as you think about a an org chart, you start from one side. This is the ideation side, and you get all the way through the fulfillment operational side to the other side, which is finance and counting it all up and seeing if it was worthwhile. And we've got a bunch of sub functions under each of those, and I certainly would encourage you guys to take a look at that uh, at some point. So the point is. There are plenty of uh, ways of kind of tackling this thing. You don't have to uh, be an expert. Just start with the thing you hate the most, right? The, the thing you're worst at, the thing you hate the most, define what that job looks like, what the outcome that you want from that role is, and then find somebody to fill it. If it's not enough for you know, somebody on an ongoing basis, maybe it's just a one-time gig thing. But if it is, then you maybe say, well, maybe I just need somebody 10 hours a week on this and you find somebody uh, for 10 hours a week and again Empowery's got a, a nice little uh, uh, money saver from places like free up and maybe another one as well so those are gig types of activities but if you say no you know I'm big enough now I've got you know 20 hours to 40 hours of this type of work and this one person can do these two or three hats they can do customer service they can do um, you know, listing monitoring or, uh, you know, checking on stats or accumulating stats. There, there's a lots of different things that people can do, but they can't do everything. That's kind of my point is I see uh, people almost every day on Facebook posting, I need a VA who can do the following, and they list 800 functions, and they should be perfect at it. I shouldn't have to supervise them, and I'm willing to pay 72 cents an hour. And it's like, gosh, you know, I can't wait to get a piece of that. And then later they are like, well, they were, I just got a pile of crap. They were a bad person. Um, they flaked down on me. They just stopped showing up, right? They have all these problems that they blame on the other, <laughs> the other party. And I just say uh, to you, ladies and gentlemen, look in the mirror because most of those problems are problems we create, not the other way around. So, um, all right. So if you guys have questions... Uh, and ask them now because I'm going to tie this thing off. If you're just joining us, welcome. This is uh, episode 200 of the Awesomers.com podcast, and we're doing it kind of live here, uh, both on YouTube and the Facebook. 
Um, and if you haven't already, uh, you know, go check out the Awesomers podcast, awesomers.com slash podcast, where you can get, again, you can go back in time. There's 200 of these things, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we asked, what's my approach to training and KPIs? And my approach is bury my head in the sand and hope that it works out. Thanks for your question. No, not really, obviously. So first of all, we start with bite-sized chunks. So this new financial person who came on, she is really talented. She's CPA level. We could give her a lot more, but that is the perfect recipe for disaster. So we start out with bite-sized chunks. And we said, here's a series of transactions that we want you to help us reconcile. Um, and it was taking us a long time to do. We just didn't have the capacity. And she came in and, and knocked it out in a, a day or two, right? So she's like, yeah, what's next? And then we're like, okay, cool. We, we knew that that wasn't going to be beyond you, but you really saved us a ton of time. Here's the next bit. Go audit these things over here, claims or whatever they happen to be. And so she's going to move to that. And as she gets exposed to each of these little functions, their tactical level functions, then she can see the system as a whole. She can see, oh, here's how sales orders are entered. Oh, here's how claims are entered. Oh, here's how purchase orders are entered. Here's how the purchase invoices are tracked. Here's how, you know, every little step in the system becomes clear. She starts to see names. Hey, what's this company? How does it interact with the rest of the the, the companies that we have, right? We have a little portfolio of companies. So all of these things, they're a way to expose somebody without overwhelming them. So my approach to training is start out with bite-sized chunks that are instructive and then work your way around um, the various functions in your business until they have enough context to say, okay, now that you've seen all these things, in this case with the, the uh, senior financial person we brought in, we will say, hey, great, now you're ready to take on uh, the closing of the books for these three companies. You, you kind of know the purchasing process, you know the sales process, you know the accounting of all those, you know how to reconcile things, you know how to import all the stuff from the banks and, and get through all the reconciliations. So now let's go through the account monthly closing procedures. By the way, <laughs> at the risk of uh, uh, getting the answer that I expect, Raise your hand if you have a monthly closing procedure checklist. Go ahead, raise them up. I can't see very many hands. Well, of course, I actually can't see you guys anyway, but I'm going to guess that there's not a lot of hands going up because that's something that we as entrepreneurs, especially when you're starting out, we don't think about it. We're like, ah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I got QuickBooks. I got zero. It'll be fine. I can go in there. I see a report. It's magical. But those aren't actually closed books. Those are snapshots based on whatever data that's been put in and without a month end closing procedure you're just not there yet and i really encourage you guys to think about these things right we're talking about building a team we're talking about preparing for prime day or q4 you know that means buying inventory and hedging some bets and you know thinking about what you forecasting what you can sell and then you got to account for all that stuff because it's not just as simple as making the sales i see Countless people every day, especially the gurus advertising, hey, I sold a, a million dollars in you know, two years, a million dollars in a year, or a million dollars in six months, or a million dollars in a month, whatever it is. And then they say, I, that means I'm really successful and rich. And it's like, well, you know, for that million of sales, it costs you 1.3 million in ad costs. So, you know, that's not so great. You're giving away dollars for people buying for 70 cents. That it's not a great deal. And so I want you guys to think about that accounting not as a nice to have, but a gotta have. It really is not an option. And it's something that I hate, by the way. I hate accounting. I'm not good at it. I have to be forced to really pay attention. But now, now, now that I've kind of been around, I can see a P&L, look at the, my comparisons, see a balance sheet, look at the comparisons, look at a cash flow statement, see the comparisons, and I know what's happening in the business like a doctor looking at a chart. I mean, I know the pulse of that business instantly. And you should too. Those three reports every month, on time, every time, should be your mission. P&L, cash flow statement, balance sheet, and showing prior periods as it, uh, it's, 
balance sheets prior periods not so accessible but you can compare a prior period but on the P&L looking at prior periods the prior month the prior year over year all of that is highly highly instructive and don't forget your bloody cash flow that thing is gold because it's all about cash flow in an inventory intensive business you need to know what you're open to buy and you need to make those open to buy decisions with absolutely clear critical thinking you don't have the luxury of going you know what i was going to buy a hundred thousand on this winter hundred thousand of inventory but now i'm going to buy fifty thousand of this winter fifty thousand of this new thing and hope it's going to work if the if the winner is winning and and it supports that hundred thousand don't dilute yourself just focus now if it doesn't then don't but believe me you cannot um you cannot underestimate the value of capital, deploying capital. And by the way, you're gonna you'll get bit sometimes. Uh, maybe in a, a very near future podcast, I'll tell you all the money I've lost this year and why. Uh, <laughs> and in a non sequitur, unrelated. Uh, if you guys need any PPE, go to kiasi.com. We're selling it below cost. Uh, yeah, there you go. So uh, last chance for questions. I got please. Uh, comments uh, uh, he asks um, he can relates uh, that accounting is not his forte and he appreciates the insight you're very welcome um, all right last chance for questions everybody I just want to tell everybody uh, how much I appreciate them uh, I do in fact really relish the idea that entrepreneurs are changing the world you guys each and every one of you have the chance to make a positive impact on the world right you're not taking you're making Right? You're adding to the pie. You're not taking away. And anybody who tells you otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. Trust me. You are making a difference. And that's an important thing. So as you face obstacles or challenges or you get discouraged, just remember, not everybody can do this thing. And if you have the persistence and the will and the uh, stick to if you will, then you can, you, you'll can you do great. So. Uh, I want to thank again, everybody. This is uh, awesomers.com slash 200, episode number 200. I can't hardly believe it myself. And uh, uh, like I say, if you're going to go to Mexico, check out catalyst88.com slash Mexico. And again, I'm not charging anything. I just say give what you can to the Empower e-commerce co-op. Uh, whether you want to join or not, just give them a Scooby snack so that they can keep their important mission going. So it's a little fundraiser, but basically you give what you want. It's like a bake sale. If you think the cookie's worth a dollar, give a dollar. If you think the cookie's worth $10, give $10. Give what you can because it is an important mission, and I want to see that mission continue uh, for far, far into the future. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time, and uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, for joining in. See you, everybody. Bye-bye.